0: They may sound nuts, so sort do of the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. It's just sports with Flieger and Briggs here on the 12-Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything 12-Ounce has to offer over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com. That's 12OZSportsNetwork.com and at 12 Sports on Twitter. Why are Zs so hard to say, Rick? I'm struggling with that.
1: I don't know. Z. Z. That's not that difficult.
0: Maybe I just twelve
1: O Z sports.
0: Maybe I just don't talk good. (laughs) That could be it. And, of course, you can follow your boys here at It's It's Just Sports over at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. And, Rick, I'm given to understand there's an actual uh, It's Just Sports Gmail, but you know how long it took me to learn the other one, so I'm going to need you on this. And it
1: is It's Just Sports, 123 at gmail.com. It's that
0: 123 that's (laughs) throwing me off.
1: Well, yeah, I put them in order, so it would only take you a couple months to learn.
0: Right, well, that's good. I appreciate that. Sure. And, of course, all of this nonsense is proud. Proudly brought to you by our friends over at Seat Giant. Head on, head on over there. Put in the promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. Get yourself some deep, deep discounts, and tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. They'll be thrilled to hear about that.
1: Indeed, and it is not Twelve Ounce sport, It's Twelve ozi will tell See, you that. I wasn't
0: going to say. Right. Exactly. I wasn't going to try and say the <laughs> Z again. All right, Rick, we are still in the doldrums of the sports calendar, but thank God for the NFL and the NFL owners who propose a very, very interesting uh, CBA, a 10-year uh, potential agreement coming out. I think that's where we're going to spend most of our time here. If we leave ourselves enough time, Rick, we got to talk a little college hoops. And I want to talk about, two before we're done, the, if we don't get to it today, the next week, We've kind of danced around it, but the the pending madness that could be the NFL – quarterback-free agency session coming in the next couple of weeks. There's some uh, dominoes that could fall, so we'll get into all that. But, Rick, let's start with this CBA, The kind of the high-level things. It's a 10-year deal, adds a 17th game eventually, adds one more playoff team per conference as soon as this season, and, of course, most importantly for someone like you who grew up in the 60s, really reduces the uh, the testing for and any potential punishment of marijuana use, which I know you're a- you're a big fan of
1: you know it's going to be interesting because the players certainly aren't too thrilled about it It does boost their revenue take to what 48 and a half percent right up from i think 47 i believe it was <clears throat> and the thing that irritates me the most is the nfl continually bloviates about player safety and they add a seventeenth game and playoff team, but then yeah, you put well, you know they're they're going to cut back preseason. Well, it doesn't matter; those guys don't play in the preseason, right? So it doesn't it doesn't help them at all. Basically, all it does is limit the time that coaches evaluate the new talent. The other the, the starters and the stars are going to be playing. At a minimum, one more game right. during the course of the year, and perhaps what if you're like the odd man playoff team in? You're going to be what playing another four games? Perhaps no. I mean, if you no, It'll be
0: the same weekend, but I don't know. Does it? Yeah, I guess it adds an extra bit playoff, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: certainly. So I mean, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm kind of really wishy-washy on the odd number of games, the odd number of playoff teams, right I'm just not all on board with that. i mean I, I hate to say it, but because you know me, I'm kind of like the old school you know the players make a ton of money, but you know i I'm, I'm on their side I mean they're they're adding games and they're actually making more revenue. I get that, but I don't know i it, it just doesn't smell right to me.
0: Well, I I mean let's start with that. I mean I mean here's what we know, right? The owners are proposing this as it is, in what's a compromise we know from what they already wanted. You know, they're they're going up in the revenue, you know, we'll talk about that in terms of if it's enough. And they're willing to negotiate now. I believe they're going to meet with the player reps at the Combine. But we all know why, right? It's time to redo the TV deals. You can't have a exactly. work stop. Right. So if if the players ever have any true leverage, this is when they're going to have it. So I guess let's start with this because you went there first, right? The, the player safety, the, the additional game the additional team in the playoffs so an additional game for two more teams there i'm starting to look i'm always sympathetic to the players but i'm starting to look at it this way i mean and, and let's be honest about this rick how many nfl games are safe
1: i what's understand the
0: that what's the number
1: i understand the number zero well sure
0: 16 isn't some magic formula. We got where we are right now because of 14, then 16, now 17. So so really, look, I get it. It's frustrating because the league keeps paying lip service to, to the player safety aspect of this. But I also get a little frustrated that the players aren't saying that as well. No, that's just no. Stop this, because there are no amount of games. There's no magic number of if we only play this many games, now it's safe from here on out. It's just nonsense. From what I, we know, it's
1: nonsense. I understand that, Rick, but I put a, a question to you. Um, and, and the answer is there really is none, because we'll, we would never know. But do you think Muhammad Ali's life would have been the same if he would quit boxing when they stripped him of the title and never had the three fights with Joe Frazier and Ernie Shavers and Ken Norton and George Foreman, yada, yada?
0: I, we could probably assume that.
1: You can assume what?
0: That he maybe he doesn't have the Parkinson's then. His life would be better. I think we could probably make that assumption. We have no way of knowing.
1: Right. I guess the only point I'm trying to make is, and I understand, I agree with you 100%. There's no games that are totally safe. However, they reached this precipice of 16 now. Right. And people have gotten used to that. Well, we'll the get into the absurdity of the, six, to the 17 you know. game. We'll
0: get into that, but I right. want to f- stay focused on the player safety aspect of it.
1: Right. Because
0: here's my real problem with this. It's real easy for you and I to sit here with our bellies hanging over our belt buckles <laughs> right now and complain about this and say how, you know, this does nothing to address player safety. <laughs> it's
1: really easy for me. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> I also feel like, though, it's really easy for the vocal opponents of this to kind of say the same thing and hide behind that shield. It's real easy for J.J. Watt to say that. He's in the top one percent of the True. top one percent. It's real easy for your boy, well, I'm the best corner of the game. Richard Sherman. Like that was longer him? than I remember it being. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Not really? Who was talking about you? But wow, still Crab going. So anyhow, all of that, (laughs) I forgot it was that long. (laughs) It's real easy for Richard Sherman, who's had two healthy contracts as a pro and is still going. Most of these guys only play, what what is it, three and a half years, the, the average tenure, for less than a million dollars, you know, for $500,000 a year, which, make no mistake, is good money, but relative to what J.J. Watt and Richard Sherman and the most vocal opponents of, of this are, I just kind of had to believe this is about money. Because Here's the thing. If I'm the rank-and-file, three-and-a-half-year, special teams, end of the roster, fighting in camp every year type of guy, number one, I could even more ill afford to have any type of work stoppage right you right. know I, I you simply can't afford to do that i it's i'm not going to be around <laughs> as this thing moves on and on and it just feels like for them this 5 billion dollars or whatever it is and that that's where it gets sticky it does them no good right because whatever this additional revenue is is going to go to JJ Watt it's going to go to the quarterback so is they basically what i'm saying is i believe the player reps and they should but are posturing for more money this is really still not about player safety if this thing would ever go to a full vote, I think rank-and-file special teams guys saying, well, J.J. Watt and all these quarterbacks are going to get this money anyhow. I can't afford a work stoppage. Bring it on. I'll play that other game. That's one more audition for me to maybe get the J.J. Watt-Richard Sherman contract that isn't coming my way right now.
1: But the point, one of the biggest sticking points in my mind is how the owners have come up with this Maximum salary of a quarter of a million dollars for the 17th game, which is equivalent to a payout of a player with a four and a quarter million dollar salary. Okay. All right. We've already alienated all the stars making more than four and a quarter million dollars. But that is the maximum payout. That doesn't mean your schmo making a half million bucks is going to get a quarter. No, no, he
0: isn't going to get He's that. not
1: going to get near that. No. So I don't know where they come up with this figure without um, – I mean, you have to negotiate the entire season. Pay. Yeah. You yeah. can't say, well, gee, Rick, I'll give you $4 million, but, you know, on the last game of the year you get 200000 you blow your knee, sorry. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, for me, if this thing was about player safety, this should be the negotiation on both sides. This should be what the players are asking for, and this is what the owners should be open to. All right, we, the owners acquiesce that this is increasing the likelihood of injury. This is decreasing the player safety aspect for, for every member of the NFLPA. So here's what we're going to do, right? There's going to be a bigger revenue share. There We're going to talk about lifetime health benefits. We're going to talk about health benefits for retired players, for people in the NFLPA or who who are still struggling. I guess what I come down to is this game can't be made safe. It can be made no. safer they can't be made safe. So, what steps can we take to ensure that we're making it as safe as possible? Number one and number two, we're taking care of you. You're taking this risk, you, albeit being rewarded handsomely for it. You're taking this risk. We now understand the long term effects. Let's work out something of how we can all be whole or as whole as we possibly can. at the end of this, the pro- my problem right now with the players is, and you know, Rick, I always side with the players when it comes to money issues with. This is that's not what they're talking about. I'm sorry this isn't the this 17th game. May might be for Richard Sherman, but he talks so much. I don't I don't know what to believe. But with JJ Watt just setting this aside automatically, that's about money, right? That that's 100% about money. I don't then hide behind the veil of player safety when you just want a bigger share. I I can't remember some offensive lineman tweeted out you know, only 48.5%, that's a joke, whatever. At least I can understand that, right? We want 50%, we want 51%, we want 75%. I don't care what number right. they say they want. That I can live with. That's that's honest. I just don't honestly believe, I don't believe the sticking point of this 17th game truly is player safety. I've gotten to that point where I don't believe it anymore. I don't believe the owners care. I don't believe the league care about oh, the safety of the player. Nah, they don't. And I don't believe the players or their true feelings about this deal have anything to do with that either. I really don't.
1: I I don't think it has anything to do with safety whatsoever. I am number one. I'm totally baffled about that 17 game salary. That that really sticks in my craw. And people say, well, you know, they get paid a lot of money. It doesn't really matter. It's still it's a dangerous game, just like you said. Okay, say a Say a coal miner works, makes $100,000 a year. I don't know what they make. Probably not that much. You know, it's a dangerous field. Oh, absolutely. And say the guy has three weeks vacation, whatever, four weeks vacation. He works 11 months out of that, and he makes, say, $110,000. This is real simple. So that basically making $10,000 a month for those 11 months, correct? Right. And then he gets paid another 11 for that work. Well— Rick, we're only going to let you take three weeks vacation, and you have to work an extra week in that coal mine. But we're only going to pay you five bucks an hour. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, well, that that part is absolute nonsense. And
1: I mean, yeah, the marijuana penalties are reduced. Um, suspensions basically eliminated altogether. I, I guess.
0: And at this point, I, they probably should be, right? Can we training camps
1: that? will be even lighter, which, I mean, they basically don't have any contact now, correct? And
0: and that you, you hear complaints about quality of play based around
1: that. Well, of course. THC thresholds will be higher. And, so you just
0: can't get real high the night before. And, and the, and the testing
1: window will be tightened to the first two weeks of training camp. Oh wow! All right. So, anyway, you know, you know, go to it, you know, just lay off a couple weeks before training camp. Come week in, week one, let her fly, baby. I like it. Yeah, visiting locker rooms and medical facilities will be upgraded.
0: What's
1: that? What? Yeah, what is that? I mean, what? What did they just have like some? You know, some 80-year-old horse doctor in the visiting <laughs> locker room with the MRIs over in the home locker room? I, I don't get that. When, we'll we that really down. just don't get that. And off-season pay will be increased. Off-season pay will be increased? I I I, I, I I I don't know. Don't know. I it's
0: like this is just all about the player's share, right? And, and and what is fair? You know, I I don't know that. And you know, I really don't. You know, how much should go back into the players? Of course, the the human capital of this business is by far the most important, but at the same time stadiums are expensive, <laughs> you know. Marketing's expensive. So, so I just – I don't know what's fair there, and I'm I'm not going to go into that. I'd like to give the players all of it in the perfect, you know, in the perfect world we're we're living in now, (laughs) you know what I mean, that we hear about. So, I don't know. That's what bothered me. So, let's get to the nuts and bolts of this thing. The the first thing, the 17-game season. Look, 14 made sense. 16, in my feeble mind, made sense. You know, throw all the – stuff around it away 18 would make sense 162 makes sense 82 makes sense how does 17 work (laughs) how does that work 17 who gets the extra home game how how does this work this is craziness.
1: well if you're jacksonville you just play another game in london yeah they're fine they'll (laughs) be good
0: but everybody else is left scratching their head here
1: I don't, I don't get it. it. It makes absolutely no sense to me that they're, they're, it, it, it's the old typical nickel and diamond. They're, they're wanting, right. They want that eighteen. Oh yeah, but they didn't want to go for that. This is the first
0: step to it, right? This is the right. first step, and then we'll get them used to seventeen. And the playoffs in, in twenty thirty one, we can say, well, what's one more? Just like we're saying, right. like I'm saying that, well, what's one more? Then
1: in twenty, yeah, that, right. And I, I'm sorry, I like. You know, I have no problem. They have the four divisions and a couple of wild cards make everything copacetic. You get a couple of buys for the two best teams in a conference. You have a couple of games in each conference. Then you have a couple of games again. Then you have the conference final. Now we have to throw in number seven. <laughs> yeah, last
0: year, Duck Hodges would have been in the playoffs duck Hodges. yeah
1: i mean the whole idea of making the playoffs is making the playoffs not well you know rick we need some more teams in come on it's like picking the fat kid come on we need another guy (laughs) you know it's it's just stupid but and it's let's be clear we know it's all money we, yeah. we know that obviously yeah, the answer to all your questions well, is yeah money. everything is money we all know that because if if you just step back like you said look at the nuts and bolts out 17 game season makes no sense seven playoff teams make absolutely no sense no, no. and so what is it you you have three teams on a buy no one team on a buy Oh, one team – well, no, it adds an extra – No, no, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah, okay, one, one team, team on, on a bye, and three then games three games on wild card
0: weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, and then you have four teams left. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, that, that's what – they and that's what I don't like about it, quite frankly. Number one, the advantage, I, I guess maybe it makes your 17th game more exciting by that number one seed being so much infinitely more important. How that, many that times
1: have we really, I mean, really sweated out the number one seed? I well, mean, that's Maybe more we, than I'm thinking. We but,
0: haven't because it could be the one or two. You're trying to get right. one of those buys. So right. I think, number one, that's very disproportionately – advantageous to one team on each side of the draw that's a big deal now now teams like the Colts in the past have mismanaged that under under Peyton Manning but right. it really does give one team a distinct advantage I would actually be better with this if it was what you just brought up give me three buys give me a wild card weekend, a full divisional round, and work my way down from there. You know, so you're, you're three you're three top division winners, and then that gives you incentive not to be the 8-8 eight and eight division winner, right? And, and yeah, they still them. have to play. Yeah. And, and seed them that way. I think then – it almost sets up for a better playoff, right? Now you've got the best three teams in each conference rested up, right, and, and really ready to roll. Plus, whatever wild card I'm doing the air quote things, I don't know what we'll call them at that point. Teams, you know, coming in on a heater, coming in off a big win, that could set up, especially a really interesting second week uh, of the playoffs. It's just, I don't know. It's, I think it's so advantageous to the teams on each side getting that by.
1: I think I'd have liked the extra playoff team a whole lot better if they hadn't thrown in Game 17. Maybe, yeah. Because somewhere along the line, I think there's an extra buy in there as well. Right. If I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. So all you fantasy players, are drug out for about nine weeks now, yeah. the bye weeks. We'd hope
0: they would consolidate that a little better for yeah. fantasy purposes. I
1: No, actually, I think for league purposes would be well, better, yeah. quite frankly. Uh, you know, fantasy be damned, I mean... And you know you can throw in a lineup and make do as you go, but I think for the for the flow of the league, and I don't know quite frankly the fairness of it coming into the playoffs. Say you're a team, um, scraping to get into the playoffs, but you had your buy in week four, right? I mean you could use a week off, but if but if they were like all in week eight and nine, it's it's pretty similar. Well, that's what I'd almost
0: like to see. I'm not smart, so I don't know what the math would be. But if if you're going to have two buys, let's have half the league off in, say, eight, the other half off in nine, right? and then half off in – I might have went too far, so maybe seven and eight, and then again half off in – Twelve and half off and thirteen, something like that. Some some sense to it, some some fairness, some balance to it. That right. way, I, I think you you could do a lot with.
1: Yeah, you still if you do it that way, you still have four bye weeks as opposed to freaking twelve. Well, or yeah. whatever it's going it'll to be, be
0: sixteen. I swear yeah.
1: it'll feel like at this point. I know.
0: Here here's the thing with that one, and here's what I'm curious about. And I guess only time will tell. This, this seems really weird. And really radical, and I don't like it because it it just works out really well right now. But with this playoff thing, how awesome is that first weekend going to be with three games a day for two days, and then do it again the next week, and then start breaking down. Look, as fans, this is going to be fantastic. Now, it's not always going to be the best football, right? Because somebody like the eight and eight Steelers, who was the NFC team, I believe the Rams, who were god awful this year, would have been the other NF- the seventh NFC representative. So, not necessarily getting good games, but I'm about to say something dumb, and I know this shot. You're you're kidding. Here's the main reason I don't like this. I don't want an extra opportunity for the gr- better teams, for the great teams, to get tripped up. There, there's a notion of randomness to, to playoffs, right? You see it in the NHL all the time. It's the only league and it happens where the eight seed beats the one seed almost all the time. It feels like I know it's not, but it feels that way. It happens. It happens so often. I didn't like Baltimore going out this year. Now, we ended up getting lucky, right? We got a really good Super Bowl being Kansas City and San Francisco. You could argue it was between Kansas City and Baltimore who was the best in the AFC. I think San Francisco was clearly the best in the NFC. You got a matchup you really wanted. So often anymore, it feels like somebody gets on a little heater in the playoffs. I'd be happy. Let's play 20 weeks, and then the best one in each conference, now they go to the Super Bowl. I'd rather have that. Give me the two best teams on Super Bowl Sunday. I feel like, especially in the game of football, The more teams you add to this, and this is just like the 17th game being a precursor to the 18th, we're going to have eight playoff teams the next time we do this one, Rick, right? It's going to be half the league gets in, like the NBA and the NHL, and there's going to be a randomness to this thing. It's going to keep going and going, and I think that's the part more than anything I don't like about it.
1: I'd agree. Other yeah. than
0: just being weird, right? We're just used to it, in, in the even the 16 game schedule, the scheduling made sense, right? You play your division twice. You play one AFC division, you play one NFC division, and then you play everybody in your conference that finished in the same slot. You, there's a you could predict the schedule years out. How what's the schedule look like? How do you balance that schedule? It's 17 just awful, and you're right. It's just a gateway to 18, and that's what bothers me. It's disingenuous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is and, and of course i've seen you know out on the twitter verse you know all the so-called gurus well you know they should have cross-state rivalries for the 17th game you know every year is the same you know have the same you know the same opponent and this that and the other try to cre- try to create more rivalries and Why do you have to create rivalries uh, yeah.
0: rivalries happen
1: yeah, exactly. You can't
0: create it. No,
1: you can't create it. It's kind of like you know, it used to be the Steelers and the Browns, right? Well, I mean, with the exception of the Steelers being banged up and losing one. You know, it's not a rivalry when one team's getting their brains yeah. beat out every week. When one or every team's year. been the
0: joke of the league for 25 years. That kind of kills a rivalry, right? Exactly. And real rivalries happen within division because you're playing each other twice a year. That's why that was the Steelers. You know, so I guess probably back in the 70s were the Steelers and Raiders a rivalry, or would they oh. just have great playoff matchups? I, I don't know.
1: Well. Especially in the in the mid to late seventies, it was Pittsburgh and Houston because they were in the same division. Right. You know, well, pump, that's what I'm Phillips saying. I'm Earl trying Campbell. to get
0: outside of divisions here that would create. But a no, the
1: Raiders. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were self-professed Raider haters, man. I mean, it was, you know, we all wanted to be Kenny Stabler, but man, when he was playing the Steelers, you wanted him to get killed, right? right
0: yeah. Now. I guess I think to the eighties, kind of when when I when I start thinking about it, you had. Dallas and San Francisco, right? But those are all born from great playoff matchups. Oh, true, you yeah. You You're can't right. manufacture this. No, the
1: rivalries are the Packers and the Bears, yeah. Uh, the Giants and, and the Cowboys, yeah. and, and so forth. Yeah, inter interdivision yeah, games. I mean, it's Pittsburgh, Baltimore now. Right. It's New England, the Jets. No matter how bad the Jets are, somewhere along the line, they seem to give them fits at times. Yeah, They're, absolutely. You know, so, yeah, I, I you can't create – you just can't create rivalries. Yeah. And it's stupid. I, I agree. I don't like 17. I don't like seven playoff teams. I don't like odd things. Well,
0: you're an odd thing. So.
1: And I want to be the odd thing.
0: <laughs> so, I guess I'm curious. I will be – this will be the only thing I pay attention to coming out of the combine is, is if the owners do wind up meeting <laughs> with the player reps. Because I'm convinced now more than anything, more than ever, actually, if you'd asked me a year ago, I'd have told you, I guarantee you there's going to be a work stoppage, and it's going to be a full season. It's, it's going to be an ugly one. When I see this – Could be the
1: savior of the XFL. Well, no. I, I'm more convinced
0: there's going to be no labor stoppage. By seeing the reaction even of the players going all the way back to my original point, this is just about the money. This is of simply one hundred. It's not about players say it's not about all no. the existential things the players in the NFLPA really want you to believe. It's gonna come how far will the owners be willing to move off that forty-eight percent number? And they need it. The owners gotta have it done for these TV deals. The players, I think, have shown their hand that we are willing to trade player safety for the right amount of cash, which is fine. I'd I do that, too. So I think we're closer than ever. Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. It might, might not happen with this round, with this draft of the CBA. Although I am curious, kind of back to my point, I, I got sidetracked, shocker, off of that, you know, talking about the the difference of what this means to the J.J. Watts and Richard Shermans of the world versus the 51st guy on every roster. I've never been in a union. What is this like? How much influence do these player reps and well, the more tenured folks to put it in a factory Say, I know you've, you've probably worked union jobs, right? Oh, you worked yeah. in factories before. Yeah. How much influence is there there if this thing goes out to the group at large?
1: Well, let, let's be honest. It's not a union. I mean, it's a it's a players' association, All right. All right. okay? Because a union is basically equality throughout the workforce. For example, you are a um, whatever you're a grinder, right? Okay, and you every grinder, if, if and say there's only one classification of them, there's no ones two yeah, three whatever yeah, yeah. you're a grinder every grinder in, in a union starts off at whatever 10 at, bucks an hour all right okay yeah. it in with seniority it increases proportionally whatever right. the union agreement is okay well that's the point it's it's you know a rookie running back can make $10 million, and some guy's been in the league eight years that is a backup running back is, is making half half a million bucks. Right, yeah. Okay, that's not... That's true. That's, that's, I never
0: looked at it that way, but you're dead on. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: that's proportionate. That's almost against
0: every union tenant when you look of at course.
1: it. Of course, but it is. It, it's a player's association, and I think that they have quite a bit of influence, quite frankly. I don't know how... They actually work. I don't know if every player votes. I, I, I don't know if how I it works. understood it
0: right, and don't quote me on this, and I shouldn't say this over the air when I don't know, but I'm almost positive it has to clear these player reps by a simple majority, and then it goes out to every member, and then that's what finally ratifies it. Like It has to clear this group of 32, I presume, you know, team representatives okay. by fifty. So he goes back to
1: the team. Yeah, I presume. And if, and if right? they get a majority yeah. vote, then they go back and say a or nay, yeah. whatever the vote was. Yeah,
0: but then I understand. I still think then it goes to. So then the owners they signed off on it. Now the thirty-two team reps sign off on it. Now it goes to the membership as a whole. I think that's how it works. But like you would, th- I would think the team reps would be. Doing the bidding of every all 52 men or whatever it is on their rod, but that I don't know.
1: You know, and it makes me step back and wonder, too. For an example, you brought up your JJ Watts and Richard Shermans. Say you go to a team, you're the team rep, whoever, okay, you went to New England. Tom Brady, um, name some of the other big stars on it you know Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman um, some of the veteran right. defensive players and so forth we don't like this but the majority do yeah who holds
0: the influence
1: yeah I, I mean let's let's be honest here too well, that, that, that's where
0: I think this will be interesting, right? That, like I said, way back to my previous point, it's real easy for J.J. Watt to say, nah, this yeah. isn't enough. Well, if they shut down for a year, J.J. Watt's going to be just fine. When they get what they want, J.J. Watt is going to be exponentially
1: finer, finer right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Whereas, you know, fi- guy 51 on special teams, he gets that bump up in veteran minimum, Yeah, but then –
1: then that's it.
0: You know, now he's still you know bagging groceries in and, the off season. If this if this thing goes to a lockout, to a holdout, whatever it ends up being, so it's it, it's an interesting situation. But it
1: really is. But you know, and we'll we'll keep monitoring that. But you know, we all hear the heard the story that Greg Robinson getting arrested at the border with 157 <laughs> pounds of pot. That sounds like a so lot so of pot. That's that's a lot of pot, but compared to what the guy makes. It's not. Well, that's what you. Look I mean, at, it's right? like half a million dollars worth. I think I read somewhere a pot, which is a good, goodly bit of money. But when you're making whatever he makes, a lot of money, millions yeah, of dollars, tens of millions Why of are dollars. you messing around with this crap? It, it it makes no sense. But anyway, I got to thinking. Uh oh. Because we always used to. Um, as a matter of fact, we used to play a little. If we can get it going here. Oh,
0: God. Uh,
1: I, I swear, my I'm dead. It does, It just doesn't what, read me. What button are you trying to push? There it is. Cool. The old Judge Walker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because we used to have a lot of fun with all the arrests. Every week when somebody got arrested. So I did a little research. Oh, okay. And from January 1st of 2000 to February 21st of this year, um, the number of arrests... Of NFL players is as such. As such. And I quote. And I, I don't really understand what the 10th one actually means. It says alcohol, 17. You think that would be high? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Ah, okay. All right. Licenses, driver's license, 19. Public intoxication, 20. Battery, 21. Illegal guns, 34. Disorderly conduct, 51. Assault, 78. Domestic violence, 107. Drugs, 110. DUI, 224. That's the crazy one. Now, over that 20-year span, we have a wall of fame oh okay <laughs> um leonardo carson who i'm not even familiar no, i'm with. not
0: familiar with mr carson's oeuvre
1: fred davis remember yeah, we him know fred yeah. good old albert hainsworth oh yeah, yeah brandon marshall leroy hill bryant mckinney all arrested four times
0: nice nice round number yeah unlike the new schedule
1: Alden smith six chris henry Oh. Six. That was it. Kenny Britt. Seven.
0: Kenny liked to get after it. I forgot about that. And Kenny the winner. Oh. Can
1: you guess the man in those 20 years who has Pac-Man been. Jones. Adam Jones.
0: That's right. Ten. Ten, yeah. Ten yeah, times. Bernie. I love it. That's Good one every
1: two years you're getting arrested for something.
0: It's kind of his thing. It's what he does. It's I what... just thought that was kind of interesting. It's what makes him him, I guess. <laughs>
1: Oh, and how many positions that, – that, that was another one I wanted to ask you. What possess, position, excuse me, gets arrested most?
0: I'm going to cheap out, and I'm going to say uh, in the secondary, the corners, because uh, Pac-Man gave them such a nice head start.
1: They're third. I'm oh, sorry.
0: that's too bad.
1: Now they're third. Linebackers were second. <laughs> Wide receivers. Oh, yeah, the diva receiver.
0: Yeah. I, I should have known that.
1: Exactly. Uh
0: Okay. And what
1: team had the most arrests? We'll we'll, we'll end it with this. The it's Bengals. Two. Huh? The Bengals. No. Cowboys. No. Oh. The Denver Broncos. See, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't have either. You wouldn't think that would go I thought on. that was interesting as well. All right. Re- A lot of NHL moves. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you had something else in football. We'll stay there. Well, we got
0: football. I got uh... – Let's do this before we do free agency. I don't know. Do you have free or
1: got some moves trade? today? Go ahead yeah. and do
0: that and then we'll transition out. Well, of I
1: it. mean, from our hometown, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they picked up Patrick Marlowe from the Sharks. Kind of a, I don't know, Gary Roberts, Bill Guerin, rent-a-player yeah. deal trying to, to win now. Um, Can't four, lose. It's no loss. No, 40 years old. Third-round pick. Yeah, for Inspiring a 221. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they also picked up um, Connor Sheary and um, what Evan Rodriguez yeah. from
0: the Sabers. Yeah, bringing Sheary back. I, I really like that move. He was so instrumental,
1: yeah. you know, in
0: previous runs. And since he was traded to Buffalo, has been killing them. Has been crushing them every time he played, if Nothing else, just to get him <laughs> away and back on the right side of the boards. There, yeah, uh, good good moves for that.
1: Yeah, I, I thought those were pretty good moves. You know, conversely, I'm not – I don't know. I wasn't all that thrilled with uh, Washington picking up Kolvachuk. Did you see that?
0: I I was stunned to find out Kovachuk still played hockey. Now, he's four years younger than Marlowe, but it feels like he's – I guess just because he's been a star for so long –
1: and the funny thing is, he's never been over 100 points in a season, which which surprised me. That does stun me. Um,
0: so he and, was so good. Was it with the Devils years ago? He was so good there. Yeah, well, he's
1: with the uh, Thrashers for quite a while well, and yeah, then the Devils. Going you know. back to the Thrashers. But, yeah. you know, he's never been over 100 points. He, he's he been very ineffectual the last, like, three years. He's minus – you know, and this really surprised me, I think. He's minus 146. Over his career.
0: That doesn't sound good.
1: No. I mean, that's, uh, you know, he, he has, he can add, a, I guess, a, a, a spurt of. A little bit of offensive power if he gets in a groove, if he's on the right line, maybe with Ovi. I don't know. Yeah, it's where do you
0: put him? I mean, well, that's you don't the thing. Plus I was stuff Ovi and Oshi, and well,
1: that you know. was a lot of big speculation with the Marlowe deal. Oh, they'll put him up with Sid.
0: Nah, man, I think the they put line.
1: him on the fourth line, yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, and he's just he's extra put extra. that veteran explosive depth there, man. That would be killer. That that would be a tough. Unit to stop for I sixty would, minutes.
0: I would like to hear the the Penguins brass talk, and they probably already have, and I just haven't had the opportunity to hear it yet. You know, they went out and picked up three forwards, you know, right? Where do all these forwards go, and and why did Jim Rutherford feel the need to get three forwards? I'd be well, curious I actually about
1: did that. read a comment from Rutherford late to said just before I got to the studio that, um, in his press conference. They have nine defensemen that they feel are solid or coming on. Um, the young players have really picked it up, and he says none of the defensive deals that were offered him made any sense. Yeah, yeah. so they they stuck with. Yeah, the, I don't have the a problem with line. N-
0: not picking up a defenseman. But if you go back to Zucker, that's four, yeah, you know, four forwards they've picked. I don't know why four forwards. That's really tough to say. That's almost as hard as Z. Four forwards they've picked up before this trade deadline on a team that was pretty good offense. Maybe it's just depth, right? Because there's always half of them are injured. <laughs> Maybe it's just depth right. it'll be interesting to see what these line combinations are once everybody gets to town and, and things get flowing a little bit.
1: Well, and the thing is, it's you know it's going to take a couple of weeks for oh, Marlowe to to fit in, and um, you know. I think they're going to be pretty solid heading into the playoffs. They're on, they're on a skid right now, but you know every team has that. So yeah,
0: it's going to happen. Fortunately, it's kind of. Coincided except for yesterday with Washington skid as well. So that Metro is going to be one heck of a division, and it's kind of a shame with these new weird playoff structures. The NHL speaking of terrible playoff structures is weird when the NHL put in place. So it'll be neat to see. So so sticking with hockey real quick, what a great story, right? your boy David Ayers, the Toronto Marley Zamboni driver yeah. who gets called into service as the emergency backup goalie stops eight of ten shots for carolina comes away with the win six to three over the hometown maple Leafs.
1: well what a cool story eight out of ten shots in the first two scores. Yeah, the first two went yeah. in
0: and then he stops eight in a row including you know from all the stars too. you know, matthews has got to be shaking his head that's going to be a footnote in his career for the rest of his life
1: yeah that's uh and, and it's great to see it's, it's a great story You'll never take that win away from no, him. No. You know? As you hear, he got five hundred bucks and gets to keep the jersey, and that's it. <laughs> and yeah, that but it. <laughs> people know who he is, Man. and and they they've got. I mean, you, you could, I think it would be really cool if Carolina made it into the playoffs by a point. And it was history. And he can look back, <laughs> God, that Zamboni driver stole got us, us into the playoffs. Stole us a game. <laughs> hey, that it would be cool.
0: But that gets you to thinking: what a weird thing, so specific to hockey that this would happen nowhere else, right? If you play, you know, Major League Baseball, if you run out of pitchers, if both of your catchers get hurt. Somebody else just has to do it. They don't pull some jerk out of the stands and say, all right, you can do this. You know, a kicker pulls a hamstring. They don't pull a, a, some soccer player out of the stands and say, all right, you're kicking today. In right. no other sport does this happen. I, it's actually kind of absurd. If it wasn't such a good story, I'd be on here railing about how absurd this is, that, that this is even allowed to happen.
1: Yeah, well, I guess he is also a practice goalie somewhere. Well, obviously, but yeah, but yeah you just—it just doesn't happen, and it's great to see. I mean, I'd like
0: to see it happen, though,
1: and and it did finally. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and, and that's one thing that I don't know. Hockey to me still seems like the best sport, the way it's. It's handled. You can get weird stuff like yeah. This, that you wouldn't you get, get weird the stuff like that. The, the, the fans' interaction with some of them. I saw a little film just the other day, and, it, and the player escaped me. I should have wrote it down, but you know me, in one ear and out the other.
0: Well, you're old. He was coming off bright. the
1: ice, and this little kid, he must have been about five, he gives the old fist bump to the other guy. He'd give him a stick. Oh yeah, you know and, do I mean, that
0: stuff all. The time. Well, I
1: mean, he just made that kid's world for a while. I mean, you know, and there's so many. And then conversely, I saw a and nothing to do with the players, but I saw a practice baseball game, preseason baseball game. Guy caught a foul ball, and there was a, a mother and a little kid, probably about four years old, tossed him the ball right. Well, of course, the kid had hit his glove and rolled on the floor. Some jackass, the row me. behind, reached out of there, stole it, and gave it to his wife and then stood there He's like, proud he, like he did something.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to smash him in the face, right?
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, It it was just a mother and a little kid, yeah. and there was nobody there to really stick up for. It. And nobody came down to stick up for him, which was, yeah, I thought. somebody
0: somebody could grab him by the yeah. scruff of the neck. I always like when they show it happens once or twice a year where some guy will catch a foul ball, hand it to the kid beside him, the kid will get all excited and chuck it back on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the, yeah. Those ones make money. Hey, big. I get to throw a ball. All right, Rick. Well, I'll tell you, we'll save our quarterback thing for next week because I think it's going to take longer than 15 minutes. Well, maybe we can get into it. Before that, we got to talk. March Madness has started early in mid-February. What a week. What a weekend in the NCAA. I feel like more and more we find ourselves saying this every year. We've said it for the last two weeks on this episode, or on this show, not this episode, this show. But this year, Rick, good luck figuring this out. What a mess it is! We're coming off a weekend where three of the top four teams lost, and the other top four team was the one who beat you know one of the other three. You know, Gonzaga, San Diego State, Baylor. All of, no shame in Baylor's loss. No, Diego, in
1: fact, we talked about that last week. That didn't surprise me no, a bit. No, I mean Kansas is—they're the
0: best team in the country. I right think so. Now. If there's any such thing as a sure thing this year for the Final Four. They're probably it. It was a good game, and Baylor was right there. But oh, yeah. on Baylor's home floor, you know, you know, that that's one heck of a win. Yeah, Gonzaga gets trucked by byu you know on right. the road san diego state loses at home to unlv and last i could tell larry johnson and stacy Ogman didn't show up so i'm not sure exactly how that happens on your home floor <laughs> we got duke loses by 20 earlier in the week and then beats what's been a decent clemson team by 20 over the weekend you know maryland who i decided was going to go ahead and into Sunday afternoon was going to move up into that one line this week they get essentially dominated by Ohio State I think it only ended up being eight or nine but Ohio State was never in any danger of losing that game you know Penn State I bristle every time I say that school Lost they finally get themselves now. up in the top 10 and then promptly drop to one at home to a game Illinois team you yeah, Illinois be a team to watch out for to get to the second weekend of the tournament, Rick, and then losing on the road in Indiana. Dayton keeps winning, but boy, they're playing everybody close, right? VCU, at VCU by a little bit. Duquesne, you know, they... Took them until the under four timeout of the second half to shake off Duquesne. You know, the, the, good luck figuring this. Mess yeah, they only out, beat Rick. UMass by eight. Right. I mean, you know, last week so they're playing too many teams too close. Too many average teams close. Now the argument form is they keep winning those, but you get in the tournament, you get one of these lower seeded teams. That would make me uncomfortable if I was a Flyers fan.
1: I'm uncomfortable with just about anybody fan right now. Right. I mean, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, with your exception of, of Kansas, I look to them to go deep. I, I look for Duke to go deep. Um, Kentucky's Kentucky. You know, I still think Creighton's a good team. Creighton. That's um, when A
0: lot of those Big East teams, Rick.
1: Yeah. They really are. And, you know, of course, Villanova's still hanging around. You got your Louisville and, of course, Gonzaga. I'm not a San Diego State believer. I, yeah. I just I like the team, don't get me wrong. Sure, Sweet 16, something like that. But I, I think once they get in with a Baylor, Kansas, et cetera, I think it's curtains for them. But, you know, time will tell. And there's always going to be that surprise team, too, Rick. Well, some six or seven seed's going to make the final. That That's
0: become normal course of business this year. We just don't know who it is. So, let's have a little fun with it, Rick. All, All right. right. Right now, cold, no prep.
1: Who's your final
0: four going to be?
1: Kansas. Duke. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and go... No, I'm, I'm – def- okay, Kansas, Duke, Louisville.
0: I was waiting for it. I couldn't – you always have Louisville in the final <laughs> yeah, four. I yeah, did, I it do. It took I, you I, so I, long I, to get there.
1: Well, I'm trying to be objective here, which is very difficult because once you start getting to a certain point, it's like, yeah, no, uh, no, uh, no. Um, I do like Florida State. Um,
0: that's, a, that's not even a surprise. They're probably going to end up on the two line after the way this last weekend right. went.
1: You know, I, I'm going Florida State or Dayton for my other Final Four.
0: So you're you're buying into
1: Dayton. I am buying into Dayton. I love the
0: story. I hope they do. It's, it's cool basketball atmosphere. They they love it down there. Yeah, I mean, I I think you have to stick with Kansas, right? I think they're the best team in the league. So so they'll be my chalky pick. Yeah, I think Florida State's almost a right it in. I, I don't believe in Duke, Greg. This isn't our usual. I believe Duke in Shashevsky. I, I really well, do, that, and that's true. But this isn't your usual Duke team. I'm sorry, you go out and you lose by 20. Yeah. To NC State, to lose to NC State, there's no shame in that. That's an actual rivalry, right? That's yeah. You know, this Duke team isn't as dominant as they normally are. But to and lose still by a 20, 17
1: and 10 team, yeah. so it's not like they're. Yeah. Five and twenty, but to
0: never be in that game and it just gets your head bashed in from bell to bell. Just this isn't, is in isn't your daddy's Duke team or my daddy's Duke team. Right. Your daddy's Duke team was probably terrible. I don't know.
1: So yeah, they are a bit inconsistent. There's no question. I mean, they go from what thirty four points over Notre Dame to a twenty two pounding by nc state then they destroy virginia tech so right they're they're, when they're hot you're not going to beat them
0: this team doesn't score like duke teams in the past they don't kind of have that one guy like duke teams in in the recent past I, i guess what i'm saying is other than the name on the front of the jersey and the increasingly angry little man on the side i shouldn't say that he's one of the greatest coaches that ever lived but he he kind of annoys me as a fan of another acc team that team doesn't strike any fear into okay, me so whatsoever. Okay, so you got
1: you got Kansas and you got Florida State. Right. You're still missing
0: two. I'm still believing in Gonzaga. I just I've seen them play enough. That that game against BYU is horrific. I feel like weird things happen with BYU. They always have some 46 year old balding, weird looking white guy <laughs> who catches a heater. I can't think of the guy's name on Saturday, but just hit every shot to wherever he shoots it from the gym. I, I know Gonzaga doesn't get tested in the conference schedule, but they have been in the tournament enough times. I mean, this is twenty five years of this.
1: And hey, let's Wait, face it, that. this is a thirty two game season right. or whatever it yeah, is. You're, you're going drop. to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's very. I don't know when the last undefeated team was. Oh, and you have losses. There's just no getting around it. Was it that UNL?
0: Well, they didn't even go under the UNLV team. Well, they ended up losing the title, the, didn't they? They got to the title right. game against it. Was there ever, I don't know, did any of those UCLA teams go undefeated throughout? Uh, has there ever been one? I, I should know that. I don't. I think
1: one of Bobby Knight's Indiana team, I think 76, might have been undefeated. Oh, really? Wow. But, okay. but they played 20 games.
0: Yeah. yeah you know. it, it was a lot different then. So I, I still believe in Gonzaga. And I, I'm taking a coward's way out, Rick. Here, I have a slash. I'm trying to find the, that one team that, that's going to surprise somebody on the four, five, six line. I took Dayton, so I mean you're open for one. I am. Uh, I'm torn between two teams. One being Seton Hall.
1: I like Seton Hall, Seton Hall, Hall can beat anybody yes. any given
0: day. Now, they can perplex you. This Big East is better than you think it is. You know, I gave a lot of thought to Butler. I gave a lot of thought to Villanova. I mean, they've done it. Jay Wright, I still think, one of the five best coaches in the country. I gave a lot of thought to them. But Seton Hall, there's something about that team. There's some magic going on there. But another one, I wish it was a final five, because another one, they're down towards the bottom of the top 25, which you're probably looking at, what, a four or five, maybe a six seed, depending on how the big tournament team goes. Keep your eye out for Iowa. I don't know why I keep kept finding myself on Iowa games. This kid Luke Garza, and this yeah. team size-wise shooting, they can match up with anybody. I don't think anybody wants to see Iowa in their draw coming up. So I think one of those two teams makes a deep run if they both don't make a deep run. I think those are two teams that aren't the blue bloods, aren't on the radar, top eight, top ten right now, that I think make a lot of noise come tournament time.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you, you... – right off Mr. Izzo in the Spartans well, too. Yeah, at your own <laughs> peril. right? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, there are teams out there all over, place. you brought up Butler, you brought up Seton Hall, you know, your Villanovas and, and and let's not forget, and maybe not this year, but I mean, let's not forget the Texas, Techs of the world. And there's always those teams, you know, Iowa State a few years ago that quietly win 20 games, and boom, all of a sudden they're in the lead eight, and it's like, wow, this team's pretty good. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there, and it's going to be extremely difficult. It'll be interesting to see what the field looks like. This has
0: got to be the the biggest bubble in the history. I just hope – I've decided – I want the NCAA to institute a rule where you have to win 20 games to get into the tournament. I'm just so grateful – that Syracuse has been a little worse than usual lately. I am so tired of them winning 18 games and Jim Boeheim bitching and moaning to the point where he gets in because he's the biggest advocate of going 96 because he wins 18 games every year, so they put him in so he'll
1: shut up. And then they get beat in the first or second round. Or like
0: they did a couple years ago, they go to the damn Final Four, which is even worse with a team that didn't belong in the tournament at all. There's going to be a lot of 20-win teams this year year or so but th- that's apropos of nothing i was just saying this i get annoyed this time every year when syracuse is on the bubble and they get in over teams that have won seven more games than them over and over and over again
1: oh exactly and i'm anxiously awaiting march madness because spring's here and, and things will be living up but, you know we're running out of time but i got a quick little story here Ooh, all right um this is from the upi i saw it on there and in, in illinois family said a wall in their nine-year-old daughter's bedroom has been picking up radio signals for years. The wall. And no one knows why. Richard Smith said voices of music were repeatedly heard inside the wall in daughter Brianna's room at their Lockport home, and the family eventually determined something inside the wall was picking up a local AM radio station. The station... um. The station AM1160, owned by Salem Media Groups, sent out an engineer to investigate but was unable to identify why. He said, I have to be honest with you, I don't know what is acting as a speaker. Well, that's my confusion.
0: Yeah, forget actually bringing the signal in? What's putting it back out to yeah. make it
1: audible? There's nothing I can explain of why you're actually hearing it, Smith told WLSTV. He said the wall was opened up. Well, that was my next question. Right, was I, I thought that's it.
0: the wall to see if perhaps somebody left a transistor yeah. radio in there?
1: Or an electric one plugged in so yeah. the battery didn't get No, because it was happening for years. But he said the wall was opened up, and the electrical grounding was examined, but the family was still unable to figure out where the radio station was being. Being picked up. Sometimes when we think we've arrived at a solution, the next season comes around and it's back. Household objects have been known to pick up radio signals in the past. A man reported in 2018 that radio signals were being picked up by the metal components in a household fan while the power was off. So go figure. I don't know. Well, I could understand. But where's the sound coming well, yeah, from? That's, I could understand
0: any type of metal with the right wiring and the right, right this and that sucking the signal in, right? That right. makes sense. But there has to be a speaker coming
1: out, you know? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. What's making it audible? The only thing I can think of is, is you see, especially like the old style speakers, they had that Big cone-shaped yeah, thing, right. and it kind of vibrated. Right. Maybe some kind of a beam has enough play in it that vibrates or something. I have no so idea.
0: create a cone, this is actually really simple. The kid's a poltergeist, right? Could there's, be. There's demons. Well, you believe
1: in all that stuff. Well, absolutely. You don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, obviously I don't.
0: What do you mean you don't? That's what I said. They're I don't. They're everywhere. Huh? There's probably one right over your right shoulder right now. How you doing, man? Asylumite. Yeah.
1: But I I don't know. I I just don't know why a house would be playing. But the thing is, though, if you like the station, hey, you got it man. You don't have to worry about the radio. Yeah,
0: I'm sure this poor kid wants to listen to this dumb podunk am <laughs> station you, know, you couldn't pick up whatever the the hot 100 station is you know is Poor there even kid. a hot 100 station I anymore i am not kidding you rick and as a guy who desperately wants to be in the business i have not listened to am or fm radio in 10 years yeah I pay for the serious, and now I can't bear a commercial I can't everything I need is on there I don't know how that medium's still alive and I love that medium I just radio is growing I just get, I mean, exactly I just yeah. get it through satellite now it's uh, i I don't know. I'm sure they're still out there, yeah. right? I hope so. Cause well, I let's know.
1: go listen to The Closet. I mean, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I just don't get that. But, you it's know. Very weird. All right. I guess
0: we got to go home. Right? Yeah. We've time to go. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next week, probably much to a lot of your chagrin. <laughs> but we will be back next week here on the 12 Ounce Sports Network. Check us out. Give us a follow at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Until yeah. next time, we'll Take see you. Take care.
1: Ya.